Book Two, Chapter Eight of The Coming of Bill by P. G. Woodhouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Steve to the rescue. It is an unfortunate fact that when a powder magazine explodes, the damage is not confined to the person who struck the match, but extends to the innocent bystanders. In the present case it was Steve Dingle who sustained the worst injuries. Of the others who might have been affected, Mrs. Laura Delane Porter was bomb-proof. No explosion in her neighborhood could shake her she received the news of kirk's outbreak with composure privately in her eugenic heart she considered his presence superfluous now that william bannister was safely launched upon his career in the drama of which she was the self-appointed stage director kirk was a mere super supporting the infant star her great mind occupied almost entirely by the past and the future took little account of the present so long as kirk did not interfere with her management of bill he was at liberty so far as she was concerned to come or go as he pleased steve could not imitate her admirable detachment he was a poor philosopher and all that his mind could grasp was that kirk was in trouble and that ruth had apparently gone mad the affair did not come to his ears immediately he visited the studio at frequent intervals and found kirk there working hard and showing no signs of having passed through a crisis which had wrecked his life he was quiet it is true but then he was apt to be quiet nowadays probably if it had not been for kegs he would have been kept in ignorance of what had happened for a time walking one evening up broadway he met kegs taking the air and observing the night life of new york like himself Keggs greeted Steve with enthusiasm. He liked Steve, and it was just possible that Steve might not have heard about the great upheaval. He suggested a drink at a neighboring saloon. "'We have not seen you at our house lately, Mr. Dingle,' he remarked, having pecked at his glass of beer like an old wise bird. He looked at Steve with a bright eye, somewhat puffy at the lids, but full of life. "'No,' said Steve. "'That's right.' I guess I must have been busy. Keggs uttered a senile chuckle and drank more beer. There are rummins, he went on. I've been in some queer places, but this beats em all. What do you mean? inquired Steve, as a second chuckle escaped his companion. Why, it's come to an ed, things as, Mr. Dingle. That's what I mean. You won't have forgotten all about the pampering of that child what I told you of quite recent. Well, it's been and come to an end. Yes. Continue, Colonel. This listens good. You ain't erred. Not a word. Keggs smiled a happy smile and sipped his beer. It did the old man good, finding an entirely new audience like this. Why, Mr. Winfield has packed up and left. Steve gasped. Left, he cried. Not quit. Not gone for good. For his own good, I should say, finds himself better off away from it all, if you ask me. But hadn't you really erred, Mr. Dingle? God bless my soul, I thought it was public property by now, that little bit of news. Why, Mr. Winfield hasn't been living with us for a matter of a week or more. For the love of Mike. 
i'm telling you the honest truth mr dingle two weeks ago come next saturday mr winfield meets me in the all looking wild and harassed it was the same day there was that big thunderstorm and he looks at me glassy like and says to me kegs have my bag packed and my boxes too i'm going away for a time i'll send a messenger for em and out he goes into the rain which begins to come down cats and dogs the moment he was in the street i start to go out after him with his raincoat thinking he'd get wet before he could find a cab they being so scarce in this city not like london where you simply have to raise your and and have a dozen flocking around you but he didn't stop he just goes walking off through the rain and all and i gets back into the house not wishing to be wetted myself on account of my rheumatism which is always troublesome in the damp weather and i says to myself hello 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 what's all this see what i mean i could tell as plain as if i'd been in the room with them that they had been having words and since that day he ain't been near the ouse and where he is now is more than i can tell you mr dingle why he's at the studio at the studio is he well i shouldn't wonder if he wasn't better off he didn't strike me as a man what was used to the ways of society he's happier where he is i expect and having summed matters up in his philosophical manner keggs drained his glass and cocked an expectant eye at steve steve obeyed the signal and ordered a further supply of the beer for which mr keggs had a plebeian and unbutler-like fondness his companion turned the conversation to the prospects of one of that group of inefficient middleweights whom steve so heartily despised between whom one and another of the same degraded band a ten-round contest had been arranged and would shortly take place ordinarily this would have been a subject on which steve would have found plenty to say but his mind was occupied with what he had just heard and he sat silent while the silver-haired patron of sport opposite prattled on respecting current form steve felt stunned it was unthinkable that this thing had really occurred mr keggs sipping beer discussed the coming fight he weighed the alleged left hook of one principle against the much advertised right swing of the other he spoke with apprehension of a yellow streak which certain purists claimed to have discovered in the gladiator on whose chances he proposed to invest his cash steve was not listening to him a sudden thought had come to him filling his mind to the exclusion of all else the recollection of his talk with kirk at the studio had come back to him he had advised kirk as a solution to his difficulties to kidnap the child and take him to connecticut well kirk was out of the running now but he steve was still in it he would do it himself the idea thrilled him it was so in keeping with his theory of the virtue of the swift and immediate punch administered with the minimum of preliminary sparring there was a risk attached to the scheme which appealed to him above all he honestly believed that it would achieve its object the straightening out of the tangle which ruth and kirk had made of their lives when once an idea had entered steve's head he was tenacious of it he had come to the decision that ruth needed what he called a jolt to bring her to herself much as a sleepwalker is aroused by the touch of a hand and he clung to it he interrupted mr keggs in the middle of a speech touching on his man's alleged yellow streak will you be at home to-night colonel he asked i certainly will mr dingle mind if i look in i shall be delighted can i offer you a cigar that i think you'll appreciate and we can continue this little chat at our leisure mrs winfield's dining out and that there porter thank god is gone to boston End of book 
Two, Chapter Eight of *The Coming of Bill* by P. G. Woodhouse, read by Don W. Jenkins, Rancho San Diego, California, ShaggyBark.blogspot.com.